welcome to the Counting Sheep for Babies Sleep podcast. We work with clients all around the world using gentle sleep methods to minimize tears and help parents feel more comfortable and confident through their sleep training journey. This podcast will be a mixture of helpful information, real talk, and lots of laughs. We will be open and honest with you about all of the good, the bad, and the ugly things you can expect in the first few years of your child's life. You will meet some amazing expert guests on the show, and I cannot wait to learn from them alongside you. Our mission here is to debunk the myths of sleep training and cry it out, and help more parents find the joy in parenthood again. If you ever need support, head over to CountingSheepConsulting.com to find lots of free resources or to book a free call to chat with us directly. So pour yourself a glass of wine or grab a cup of coffee and settle in as we talk through the tears and fears of sleep training and other parenting wins and woes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode two. I am your host, Jane Anderson. I'm the owner of Counting Sheep and a certified pediatric sleep coach. So today, I want to talk to you guys all about toddler and preschool sleep, um, introducing a toddler clock and how to go about that, um, which is going to help you deal with some of those difficult bedtimes and perhaps your early mornings, if those are things that you're struggling with right now with your child who is, we'll say, two and a half and up. So as some of you may know, I've got two little girls myself. They are five years old and three and a half years old. And let me tell you, we have dealt with our own bedtime battles many, many times. Early mornings have happened for us. You go through phases, right? So sometimes it maybe it's because of a skipped nap. If your children is child is still napping, um, undertiredness and overtiredness are things that can contribute to both those bedtime battles and those early mornings that we can all see occur. So of course your schedule and the activities that you have during the day can have a big impact on what bedtime and your night and mornings are going to look like, particularly if your little one does get overtired if you're a pen- or if you're attempting to put them down when they're not ready for sleep yet. Maybe they had an extra long nap that went later in the day than normal um, and they just haven't built up enough sleep pressure for bedtime in order to fall asleep, then they would be undertired. Um, However, your schedule is not always the culprit, although it could be an underlying issue for sure. But we all know toddlers have huge personalities and we they're often going to go through phases where they're just trying to test your boundaries. Totally normal, very understandable, albeit pretty frustrating at times, but they want to see what buttons buttons they can push. What are they going to be able to get away with? How can they push you over that line where you're going to turn that no into a yes? Um, So often, yes, we do need to kind of address the behavior itself or those underlying maybe sleep concerns that um, are existing outside of just bedtime. Um, But obviously, we want to ensure that we're helping our children through these difficult times and through these behaviors and being as supportive and transparent with them as possible so that we're kind of on the same team instead of battling against one another. So What are some things that we can do? Today, I want to talk about the toddler clock. I think it's a really great tool and resource that not enough parents really know about. Um, I do find that it works best for kiddos who are really 
capable developmentally of understanding colors and imagery, which tends to be with the toddler ages or preschoolers. Um, if your child is, I would say, again, under two and a half, it's possible they may need a little bit more time just to be able to get that understanding. Um, but it's definitely worth a try. I don't think introducing it too early is necessarily a bad thing. But if you're noticing that they're not catching on with it, you may just need to wait a little bit longer. So what is a toddler clock? First of all, it kind of is going to look just sort of like a white noise machine, just this little um, you know, toy type thing that is going to, obviously we know toddlers and kids can't tell time yet. They may know the difference between, you know, the number three and the number five, but we can't expect them to have this really great understanding of, Hey, what time is it? Right. Um, but we hope, um, you know, at a certain age point, they will be able to understand and recognize different colors, what those colors could be associated with as well as imagery, you know, pictures, so, and that's what toddler clocks do. They use colors and imagery to let your child know when is nighttime, when they should be sleeping, and when is it morning, when is it okay to, you know, get up, start your day, or call for their parents to come and remove them from the crib. Um, so, really the purpose of the clock is just to signal to your child what time it is, what the expectation is, what behavior we're wanting from them out in that moment. Um, and it gives them kind of a really good picture as to, okay, when mom comes in the room and the clock looks like this, they respond, you know, they're getting one response out of you, which is it's not time to wake up yet. You know, it's only five in the morning. It's time to go back to sleep versus, okay, the light, the color is this color or sorry, the clock is this color. I know that that color means it's okay to get up now. Um, so we'll go into kind of a different couple different options in terms of toddler clocks and how they differ from one another. <clears throat> But another good good resource for why you may want to incorporate in a toddler clock is if fears of the dark have become a concern. So for our little ones, around the age of 18 months, nightmares and fears of the dark, monsters under the bed, those types of things can start to come into fruition. And that's because around 18 months is when our children develop um, a sense of imagination. So before that, they can't really imagine that there's monsters under their bed, right? But once they gain that imagination, we start hearing them, you know, play with dolls, I'm mommy, I'm baby, um, talking about things that don't exist, unicorns, things like that. So once that comes into fruition and they are talking about things that are a little bit more outside the realm of possibility, fears of the dark could become part of, you know, they want the lights on, they're afraid to go to bed, things like that. The toddler clock is a really great way to incorporate light into their room without contributing to those fears of the dark, which sometimes a nightlight can do. Nightlights tend to be quite bright and what those can do is cause shadows and sometimes shadows can make scary imagery in their mind and kind of make their imagination run a little bit more wild. Toddler clocks tend to be just a really light hue um, that doesn't give off those shadows around the rooms but it is enough to sort of give them that visual um, and a little bit more comfort knowing that they're not sitting in the pitch black, black room where they can't see a thing. So that's another reason why you, why you may want to do that. Um, it can definitely help with setting up those bedtime expectations. And again, just to help them understand, you know, if you're having early morning wakings happening, then it can be a great thing to, to really signal to them that like, hey, look, it is not time to get up yet. Um, again, 
if early mornings have been happening for a long time for you, it might not solve your problem immediately, especially if there are scheduling issues or other things that need to be addressed first. But um, it can be a really good tool for you to guide them through those early morning wakings because it gives you something to speak to, right? So I'm going to talk about two different types of clocks right now. One is the grow clock and the other one is the hatch. You may have heard of both of them. The grow clock is very popular here in Canada. I'm not sure why it it didn't really go blow up in the United States. I think it might be a Canadian company and that could be why. But the hatch tends to be really popular North America wide where grow clock is kind of more... Um, sustained within Canada. But either way, it is a great option. So the grow clock and the hatch are two very different products, though. They have the same goal in mind, but they represent themselves very differently. So the grow clock has a picture on the front and the face of the clock is a sun. So at nighttime, the clock is going to be blue in color and the sun will be sleeping. In the morning, the sun will wake up and the clock will turn yellow. Um, So of course you get to choose what time the clocks change colors, what time your morning is, your goal for morning time, what time your bedtime is, and you adjust those yourselves. Um, And, but it will be a really good visual for them to understand that, hey, the clock is, the sun's still sleeping, the clock is still blue, We cannot get up until that clock turns yellow and the sun wakes up. So even if you do have to go into the room at, say, five in the morning, you can speak to it and have that be your visual to help them understand why you're telling them it's not time to get up yet. Um, One thing I do love about the grow clock is that it does come with a storybook that helps you explain to your child how to understand what the clock is telling them. So it does give you kind of that extra visual um, and extra explanation to kind of work through to help teach your child how to use the clock and understand it. Um, The only thing I don't like about the grow clock, I have one kind of qualm with them. Um, And that is that in the nighttime when the sun is sleeping and the clock is blue, they have these cute little stars that are also kind of surrounding the outside of the sun. And as the night goes on, as each hour passes, the stars will disappear slowly, one at a time. So if your child starts to recognize this trend, they may wake up at five or six in the morning and see, oh, there's only one or two stars yet. And some kids would want to see they might be like oh I really want to see the clock turn yellow that might be something that's exciting for them so they may just decide hey there's only one star you left it's going to turn yellow soon I'm just going to stay up and wait for it Um, they might even call for you or maybe you're lucky and they'll just chill by themselves and sing themselves songs or something until that clock changes Um, and the thing is you can't turn off this feature but I would just recommend that you refrain from telling them or talking about the fact that the stars disappeared just make it about the sun and avoid that part. Um, so I do like the clock. I think a lot of kids, you know, can relate to the sun sleeping, the sun waking up and yellow and blue are good colors for them to understand. Um, the hatch again, this one is a little bit more popular in the U S but I know a lot of Canadians love it as well. I've, I personally like this one best. Um, it does double as a sound machine, which is kind of nice, especially cost wise. You know, if you're buying a toddler clock separately that doesn't have the white noise and a white noise machine, they're both probably around $50 each. Whereas the you know, the hatch is $100. So you're kind of getting the two in one without having to have all these little machines set up around your room. Um, So with the hatch, it doesn't have a face where with a sun or anything like that, there's no visual there other than colors. So it kind of just looks like this little bit oversized egg that sits on 
sits um, hopefully further away from them where they're not able to grab it and change the settings. I would recommend you do that with the grow clock as well. Let's put it somewhere that they cannot reach it and adjust it and press all those buttons because we know they're going to do that. My kids have actually broken toddler clocks because of this. So take my experience and learn from it. Let's put it somewhere that they can't reach it. Um, so the hat, what it's going to do is give you these colors, green, yellow, and red, right? So just like the traffic lights, I feel like especially green and red, at a very young age, we teach our kids red means stop, green means go. Yellow is going to mean slow down, right? So we're just going to relate it to the traffic lights signals that we all see as we grow up and, and learn about, right? So um with that, what I usually recommend doing is using the yellow function while you're slowing down and getting ready for bed. So let's say your bedtime's at 7.30. Let's make it so that your clock turns yellow at 7 o'clock. We see it turn yellow. All right, buddy, it's time to start getting ready for bed. Once you're finished your bedtime routine at 7.30, that light is automatically, because you'll program it, it will automatically turn red. Red means it's time to stay in bed, right? Red means stop. Red means sleep. And we will just continue to reiterate these words to them until it really is concrete in their brain that they totally get it. Green means go and red means stop. So it is going to stay red all night long until you program your morning wake up time, 7.30, let's say 7.30 to 7.30. At 7.30 a.m. that light turns green and that means they're allowed to get out of bed at that point. Um, of course, you adjust this, you can make it whatever you want. Maybe your child isn't doing 12 hours overnight and that's okay. Um, <clears throat> but the, the reason I like this better than the blue sun sleeping on the grow clock is because red light is going to have um, the least amount of impact on your child's melatonin production. Light is what hinders melatonin production. We want that total darkness for that. But if we're bringing in a light purposefully, then red light or anything that has that reddish warmer hue color is going to have a lesser amount of impact on their melatonin production versus like a blue light, which of course is what the grow clock is. Um, now with that being said, I would just recommend that you turn the brightness down, right? If you just go right from the factory settings, it might be too bright. We don't want them to have full visual of the room. They don't need it to be super bright. We just want it to be enough that they can see the color. It's that visual there for them. Maybe gives them a little bit of visuals around the room, but nothing that's too um, distracting for them, right? It's almost like, you know, one thing we say is to close the door. First of all, that's because of fire safety. We want to make sure that they are safe in that room. Um, but an open door is almost like an open invitation that to say, hey, go explore down the hallway. We're, go check out what mom and dad are doing. It's kind of similar if they can see the whole room and they can see their books and their toys on the other side. It's going to be a lot more um, distracting to them and they're, the the chances that they're going to get up to go play are much higher. So um, keep that dimmed as much as you can, um, but still giving them the visual that we need. <clears throat> so um, some kids, this is totally going to depend on your child's behavior. Maybe the clock is enough to, and you just immediately start seeing results. Usually we see results in about three to five days when we start implementing a change of any sort to their, their routine and behaviors. So I would expect that it will take a few days to sort of start to click for them, um, especially if we're just starting to explain the, the meaning of the colors and things like that. So do be patient and don't give up too quickly. But another thing that you can also incorporate either instead or at the same time would be a reward chart. 
So some kids will do anything for a sticker, truly. <laughs> My kids are kind of like that. Um, they'll do anything for a smarty, truly. It's like kind of basically how we potty trained. So um, that is one thing that you can do is work into work in a reward chart into your bedtime routine. You know, if there's other things that you're trying to work on, like getting them to allow you to leave the room while they fall asleep, if they're wanting you to lay there with them, things like that. Um <clears throat> or just not waking up until that light turns green, things like that are things that we can include in that reward chart. Any types of behaviors that you're trying to kind of work through and get your child to click with, you can include in that reward chart. Um, I would just recommend that you give them that incentive, that sticker or whatever it is, as, as soon as they wake up in the morning, as quickly as possible. So they get that immediate reward for that good behavior that we're trying to reinforce and continue. Um, if we do it too late and we do it, you know, at lunchtime or before bed, it's not going to incentivize them uh, quite in the same way. So if, um, again, I just mentioned one more time that if you do need to uh, address the underlying issue before anything else. So if early mornings or bedtime battles, things like that are things that you're constantly dealing with, this toddler clock, or it's also called an okay to wake clock, it should really, really help guide them through it. But if you're <clears throat> skipping naps that shouldn't be skipped or in continuing to incorporate a nap that doesn't need to happen anymore, things like that, then obviously we need to address the schedule and those types of concerns before. Um, the other thing would be if they're not sleeping independently, if you are laying there rubbing their back until they're fully asleep, things like that, then we may still see um, that those concerns need to be addressed first. So if you need help with addressing or determining what those underlying issues may be um, or getting them on a proper schedule, then that's something that, of course, we can help you with. Remember that we do offer free phone calls. So that's something that we can talk about together and see if we can't find a way to support you through that process. <clears throat> um, but I do have a blog on early mornings in particular that I will link in the notes of the podcast so that you can go and take a look at that as well, just to determine, sure, maybe the toddler clock will help, will help, but there's also several other things that we can do simultaneously that can help guide them through those early morning wakings, especially if they're habitual. So thank you guys so much for being here and listening today. I really hope that um, you have a better understanding of what a toddler clock is and how you can um, incorporate it into your child's life to help them sleep better through the night. Please know that we're here for any questions that, that you have. You can pop them in the notes there or reach out to us directly. Um, and if you would take a moment to rate this podcast and share it with your parent friends who you think maybe could benefit from it, I would really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. I hope you have a fantastic day and sleep tight.